welcome to Singled Out, your ninth best gaming podcast. Please stand by. Okay, so how about um, a game based upon the film The Mask? Um, a game where you um, try and not get COVID on the London Underground. That's strong, it's strong. I, I heard someone using the um, the collective noun, a tetsudo, for how people who have masks gather together on different parts of public transport. So, you know, you get your little <laughs> mask group that all stand together, which I really like. <laughs> I really like. Um, okay, so I've got um, how about No Time to Die which is an on-clock game in which you have to change the colour of a white T-shirt. <laughs> Truly captures the feel, the feeling of the Bond films there. Exactly, yeah, I thought so. <laughs> um, Don't Look Up, a game where you play volleyball with a broken neck. That's good. <laughs> um, Avengers Assemble. You have to organise a convention uh, for the cast of a 60s British spy television show. <laughs> How many of them are still alive? Joanna Lumley? <laughs> like, is she in that? <laughs> like, She's a dame now. Dame Lumley dame now. Dame, dame, sorry. I should, uh, we should uh, salute and sing the national anthem as we do that. Goodwill Hunting, a game where you um, try and survive the murderous rampage of Will Smith. <laughs> I noticed also, like, the Will Smith one I noticed was, I hadn't realised there was a film about the Williams sisters, which feels like, which, which is, but it's about their dad. Like, you know, where Will Smith plays their dad and the whole thing's like... Does he really? Like, 
yeah, it's really weird. It's like, man, Williamson's obviously good at tennis, but obviously a man must have been behind their success. So let's make this film about like. Is it like a sort of a Michael Jackson dad sort of situation where he was really horrible to them and stuff? I, I've always assumed he wasn't the nicest guy, but um, but like, but you know, Will Smith doesn't really do playing dickheads, does he? So and it's called King Richard. Because uh, so you know, unless, I'm trying to think of a film where he's a bad person now. Uh, the first film he's in, uh, Six Degrees of Separation. I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, it's really good. It's his best performance. My daughter does music classes at school, and um, last year, last term, she was doing about 90s hip-hop, and she learned, uh, over several weeks, the complete lyrics to the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song in it's school. Good, it's, good. it's a good song. Boom Shake the Room is my go-to karaoke Boom Shake the Room is one of my favourite songs from university. I've rock yeah. to that many, many a month. It's, it's my go-to karaoke track. If I ever do karaoke, I do I think it's on all the, I think it's all the worst to it still, even the rap. Yeah, yeah. we couldn't do it off the top of my like off the top of my head. I'd need to. I think we could, to. but I'm not going to. So I mean, maybe your Patreon. I think I think we know what the intro music to this show is anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Patreon. We don't do Patreon anymore. It's well, like, we don't have, I don't advertise it anymore because I feel a bit guilty about not being. I know oh, you. You can no people can sign up for Patreon just if they want to give us money to continue doing this. Unfortunately, we've had to stop doing additional Patreon content. Because, At the moment, yeah. Because loads of stuff has happened. Um, yeah, we're really busy, aren't we, really? I don't live in London anymore. No, you don't. You live in Bristol. It's bloody weird. Like, I'll tell you what, Andrew, this this is how bad it's got. This is how, like, provincial I am now, right? Within walking distance of my house is only one unpackaged organic shop and one craft beer supplier. Really? Like, just one. Like, I might as well live on the moon. I mean, but you you are actually for the first time since you live in Scotland breathing in actual fresh air. I mean, I do live near a motorway, but uh, well, that's yeah, right then. But it is weirdly quiet. It's weirdly quiet, and you can see some stars. Like like Bristol might as well be like I don't know. It feels like uh, yeah, I might as well live on like the Cairngorms or something. I don't see any any real difference. What's it like um, living in a place without a huge, expensive transport network? Um. Yeah, disappointing to be honest. Like the transport network's the best thing about London. Everyone can. I mean, it does seem pretty good to be honest. It's everything's, really everything's an hour away, right? Everything's an hour away, but you can get to anything. Like you can't. Like the nice bit of you know, there's a really nice bit of Bristol that's like, I think like if there was a decent like transport network that didn't involve going into Bristol and back out, would be like ten fifteen minutes from where we live. But you can't get there. Like you know, unless you cycle. Actually, it's good. Good bike networks. Bike networks are good. Uh, so it's all right. It's all right. I don't but... think we've recorded a podcast together since um, July 21st. Motherfunker, really? Because the rest, because the, the, the lamplight is one where I had to, I had to bow out because I had COVID and wasn't very well. Did, did you have COVID? Did you have COVID? Yeah, didn't have COVID. No, you had super herpes. We all know, <laughs> like it was. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's in that episode. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Gonorrheaus maximus. <laughs> like this. <laughs> Talking to Unipress Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, no, it's true. That's a long time. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. The last episode was called, that was in, was called, I can't believe it's a podcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and here we are, obviously. Here we are. Uh, massively moved on from that content. So what, what have you been playing? What have you been doing gaming-wise? So, I mean, last, well, the thing is, like, last, I think of things in terms still being, you know, being being a school person and like, so last terms, so like from September to like December, like the first month or two of, of, of then, so September to September, September to October, I was just ill, like all the yeah. time. Um, 
I think, when... I think I tagged out in with you because I was in ill for like October, like for sec- like basically from mid October to mid November. I was ill for ages. So I then went yeah. to a I was on the being ill. I then went to the Kings of War um, sort of global tournament. Um, Were you King- in Cardiff? Mm. Cardiff is running uh, Fastball Games in Cardiff. It's basically an old car showroom, cool. two two floor um, tournament venue. I like like a car showroom, so it's really high roofs and big glass, very swanky. It's helpful when it's for war games, you will smell. Um, and I played Kings of War. So I think before that weekend, I had played two Kings of War games. No, three. Three games ever. One in the past year before the tournament, and only one with my army. Did you finish Best in Faction? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. Um, and... I think um, the game's really good. Like the fact I could I could I could rock up and do okay because mechanically the game's super simple. Like mm-hmm. I think I didn't have the knowledge of my opponent's stuff, but knowing, for example, threat ranges and that sort of thing's the important part, right? It's all open information anyway. There's no gotchas in the game really at all. Um, obviously, learning how to fight certain factions is a skill to pick up over time. For example, playing ogres. I learned that they are just horrible. They kill dwarfs, for example. I learned that pretty well. Um, but um, the game is really quick because even though, as you know, as you, know you played it a little bit, haven't you? Even though basically mm. you have sort of it's a mass combat game where you have your sort of blocks of troops, each block of troops is basically a single model, effectively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a mass battle war game, but I had maybe 12 units total. So you can think of it as being a skirmish game with 12 models. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and... Compared to playing Warhammer, which I played a lot of sort of 7th and 8th edition, a bit of 6th as well, but most of 7th and 8th, um, where we played, I played um, a Warhammer tournament in, um, in I think it was in Portsmouth actually, the, the South Coast GT, the biggest one, about, you know, 200 players there, and at the South Coast GT, playing Warhammer 8th edition, everyone had to bring some terrain with them, because it couldn't supply enough terrain for everyone to have terrain, and the idea was that the first round of the first day, everyone would alternate putting terrain on the table, we'd be there for the whole weekend. Hmm. And the weekend you can collect your terrain back. And loads of tables I saw, including mine, the first terrain me and my opponent put down were walls and we put them on our board edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically we are effectively throwing that terrain in the bin. Um, because it's in one it's, it's a pain in the arse. It gets in the way of the models and it, it's just not, not positive for everyone to play with. So it was really interesting. I went to Kings of War tournament and the tables were chock full of terrain, almost as full of terrain as you might find in a skirmish game, right? Loads of terrain. Loads of hills and forests and stuff. But the rules are simple enough. That actually, the terrain feels useful, but not in the way. Like, it's an, it's an interesting impact to the game. For example, because all the game is, is all the heights of models are preset. For example, infantry is height two and the cavalry height three and hills are height four or five, whatever. Because everything's got a preset height, like, Blocking terrain is a real big thing, like an epic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Forests having a height and hills having height and all those things are really important. And um, rough grounds in the game and it obstructs charges. And basically, even though the game was full of terrain, it didn't feel like it made the game worse. It made the game more interesting. So actually, the game felt quite dynamic. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was timed, it was timed games. It was chess clocks, an hour per person. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I went below 10 minutes on my clock at any game. That's good. Uh, yeah, because I think only you roll in your turn, right? In your turn, only you roll to hit, only you roll to damage, only you roll the nerf checks. In your turn, only you roll. Um, which might feel bad because it might feel very un- uninteractive. For example, we love Infinity, and part of the joy of Infinity is that you're always interacting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kings of War, you're not. 
You're just not. But it, I guess it gets around the like slow playing on your opponent's clock. Well, yeah, and also the turns are quite fast, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like, you might have a turn of, like, say, turn four or five, where the real meat of the game is, right? Um, you might be hitting the, hitting them and they're watching you hit them, but that might take five, ten minutes total. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not half an hour, 40k, where they t- take your toys off, you know what I mean? Like, it's, um, so it, even though the, even though it's not interactive in that respect, it's so quick, it might as well be. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was it was really good. So I had a really good time, and yeah, you know, got best in faction. Then I sort of um, there was like ninety odd players there, and there was like six. It was a big event, yeah. A few big, a few yeah. guys I know went to it. Like I think um, one guy was best in faction for Undead. It's uh, a guy Richard who came on the podcast previously. Should, plays Epic. Richard Lake was there. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Um, also, like um, it's interesting because. The factions have enough variety in them, and the balance isn't perfect by any means. Although the recent new book recently, which helps an awful lot with balance, um, but the factions are big enough and well designed enough that actually, even though there was other dwarf armies there, they were all very different to each other. That's cool. There was definitely I didn't see many cases of like meme armies where they yeah, yeah. or everyone took the same list, which didn't happen. Um, which is nice. I mean, the top table at the end did have two factions in a mirror match with each other. But I think that's more of a coincidence than a right. that, that a. I heard no mutterings of the, of that faction being the OP faction to beat. I think it's one of those things, really. Because I think the final standings were quite mixed, weren't they? I remember seeing. Yeah, they were. Yeah, you get a 40k or AOS tournaments, and you might see like the same army five, five times in top ten. Yeah, yeah, and like literally cloned as well. Like. Pretty much, and that wasn't the case. And I always look. I always look for that in war games. I never look at a, a top ten for a tournament. I always look at the variety, and that can be quite telling as to how well designed a game is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Sounds great. I really had a great time. I'm going to a tournament at Kings Award in February. I think it's going to, that one's, the February one is going to be a thousand point tournament. Um, usually, it's usually 1600. So it was 2400. Wow. So um, the one so went like through. Mini, mini yes, yeah, so the tournament went to was an hour long death clock. I think this tournament is it's a thousand points and something stupid like. 20 minute death clocks, death ah. clocks. It's, it's something ridiculous like that so basically you have like um, the whole game is 20 minutes per player <laughs> it's like ah nice. I quite like things like that sort of panicky sort of mega fast I used to play Minigeddon which is epic epic Armageddon but where it's a third of the year so it's usually 3,000 points playing with 1,000 points yeah John um, Lee um, has played some Minigeddon recently he swears by it recently he's been really good yeah it's a, it's a good game yeah 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 it's, a, it's like a good uh, it's just fast and like the only trouble is like the set, you know, obviously smaller point scale you can't recover. You know, you don't have any extraneous stuff. If you lose your core unit, you're dead, right? Yeah, you're sort of yeah. in trouble. Um, but yeah, it, it does make for some like really fun tactics. But King's War's good is obviously being modern agnostic helps quite a lot. Mandic's range yeah, is getting yeah. good, but also like the ability to it's quite fast to paint because I don't like painting mass units anymore. One of the draws of Infinity and Guild Ball was the fact that it's all character models, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I had my dwarf army for about a year before I painted it, um, because I don't want to paint the same model a thousand times. Um, but yeah. because everything's on a moving tray, I glued them. I glued the models. I sprayed the models black. I painted and textured and terrained the moving tray. Terrain is definitely a word. I then glued everything onto the moving tray, and I painted what I could see. Because the, you know, the, if you got twenty models on, on a moving tray, which is about the moving tray is like, I don't know, 25 mil by, you know, 25 mil, whatever. That's not quite true. 100 mil by sort of 40 mil, whatever. Um, maybe larger than that. Anyway, um, you paint what you can see. 
and so he concealed the boots of the models and he concealed the belts and he concealed the tabards because he yeah, used yeah. heads, the shield, the tops, and he painted the sides, basically painted the sides of each block. And so I could imagine crack out a unit of a unit of sort of twenty five dwarfs in about like two hours. That's really good. Yeah, so like I think it's a game that rewards sort of smart painting in that respect because you could do because the first thing you know I did I took I spent like a week or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You painted everything as if they're individuals, and then and then like... I rushed a, rushed, a, rushed a unit, and they look exactly the same. And I thought, well, yeah. why did why did I even bother doing that? Like, what was the point of? Because if, if I can't tell, no one else can tell because no one else could look at it, look at it as close as I'd look at it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I'm painting some uh, Northern Lions who kind of like Viking people. Yeah, they look quite cool. Well, the sort of um, the, the, the sort of the North in Game of Thrones, basically. Yeah, and with them, basically, I'm um, I'm painting them in contrast. Not paints. the North, what they called the Wildlings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they've got frost dries and things as well. Mm. I'm painting them in contrast paints, and then I'm using oil washes on them. So I'm getting oil, so something I stole from, from Martin, but it's off the internet, obviously. Uh, you contrast paint them, as always, mm. and contrast paints don't look great all the time. You then I then get some brown oil paint from a tube and cover them in it. Just cover okay. them in it. Um, and then I get a makeup sponge and rub it off. It's kind of like a like a dark contrast sort of wash almost, uh, nice. and it okay. takes it, it takes about two days to dry, but it yeah 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 but it's kind of like it's 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 kind of similar to slathering it in like a brown wash, but it's not the same. It's kind of look have different finish to it, and it makes it look pretty good. Yeah yeah yeah. I mean, there's, uh, there's a reason that painters use oil paints. Yeah. Like the, the the paint quality is really really good. Yeah, the great the really small um pigmentation, right? Yeah. Uh, and because it takes two days to dry, if you didn't like it, you just rub off. That's nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, so it's, uh, I'm showing that one up my next army. Um, so yeah, Kings of War's been my thing. We've played some Infinity as well. Um, I'm still quite enjoying it. I've played it much recently because I find there's not many tournaments near me, and I couldn't like um, I don't mind driving far away for some things, but like um, a two hour, two and a half hours drive, we'll have to get that at nine a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's that's two hours is about my limit, I think. I mean, this is if we you know any if we still have any American listeners, this is where they just start laughing at us, I think. But yeah, two, yeah, two hours. Yeah, unfortunately, we have left at all, so that's fine. But um, like <laughs> two and a half hours, three hours, like for a weekend tournament. I mean, there's Cardiff. That's three hours away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But for for a day when I've Saturday morning when I'm knackered. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that. So a lot of them are London and stuff. So um. I played a bit of it, um, sort of a cracking, cracking game, and the models are gorgeous for it. But Kings, I've also played some Armada as well, some uh, Kings oh, of Armada, which I'm really proud because Armada's sitting in my pile of shame. I know, sadly, I bought, I bought it for you, then you, you opened it. It's wow. really good. It's yeah, really everyone's good raving about it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really good because um, I like how restrictive it is. The movement's restrictive, like you have to move a certain distance and you get a certain turn, and the the fire arcs are only as wide as the base of the ship. Yeah, yeah. So your broadsides are literally your your shadow which means it's kind of it's quite hard to get an arc but those things really foster an interesting sort of um mechanic to like having to blind spots in games is always good yeah like, it is always like, a good mechanic having a blind spot i think like, by, by restrictions it makes it more interesting like x-wing the same way and then it got big point for me x-wing when everything had turrets all of a sudden and suddenly uh, yeah 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 um well they've changed that now with a new edition but um so um so mine is quite interesting also because you're always moving around and there's quite a lot of scenarios in the game where you want to try to capture an area but the ship's always moving all the time because it can't stop. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of a cool game. I enjoy it. And the models are massive. Yeah, they're really cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, do, I really do mean to bust them out. I've ended up, I think, because I ended up like with 
like my limited painting time because since we last spoke I've moved job moved house oh, redone an entire flat which I'm now letting out because I can't sell my flat so I have to have it rented out um, but what I've done has been for stuff where I've had like deadlines you know, so I, I, I played an infinity league at the local club in London uh, which was really good it was really good um, uh, really well done and they've got great terrain as well so that made it meant I just did painting for that um, and then because actually Bristol does have quite a big epic community so I am next week I think playing an epic event for the first time in three years I really want to go to one like are there any more yeah. other than this one coming up soon yeah, there are others. There's definitely there's one in Daventry in February, I think. And not, in, one, not in you though, not in, not, not in Bristol. The, I think there is another one that they run in Bristol. I think there will be one in Bristol, but I don't think they've got a date for it yet. Mm. Um, Epic's still a fine game. Like um, I found it on, on on online. Someone's done a uh, sort of a cleaner version of the rules. Yeah, for is that for like second edition? Or no, for, like for, for for Farmageddon. Have they? But it's unfortunately only on a, on a website with links. There's no printout version of it. Oh, is that the um, Netier rules? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. That's yes, the Netier website. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, that is, it just took the rules and just put them on a website. I'm not sure who did that. It so, you know, be... I really like Epic Comicedon's rules, but they are they are hard to read because the workshop rule books are like they write all the rules like suggestions. <laughs> oh, it's like an old like um. Yeah, I yeah. Think... Workshop old old rules writers wanted all the war gamers to sit there with your pipe and just have a gentle conversation about how the game should flow. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's a yeah. nice way of um, thinking about the way it works, but that, that doesn't work. Uh, yeah, like so because I think we did we changed the terrain rules. Like for example, like yeah, like the terrain rules in it, for, or like the rules for Walker used to be if like terrain is less than two centimeters high, or you know, it was some like really conditional like. Um, yeah, I think whether you know rather than just like a re-roll if you fail a dangerous terrain test, it was just a storm. If that was it, if the terrain is lower than the model's knee, which is obviously in a game <laughs> where you're using totally different scale models, a like, game where you can use any any models you want, from any system you want. Yeah, exactly. So that's uh, yeah, but still looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm playing a two and a half thousand point epic event, so it's slightly below the usual points level. So I'm I'm just trying to work out. You know, as a you know, new area and lots of nice new. Players. I haven't played any epics since lockdown one. I think actually, have they changed the rule? Have they changed any army list at all? Has been any release? Uh, World, World Eaters just got buffed because they weren't very they're, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, so they they're, were, they're purely melee army, weren't they? Pretty much. Yeah, so they still kind of are, but they basically get like charge bonuses. Um, oh, that's good. Gate, so they basically are like better at getting into melee because that was proving a problem. Um, on the subject of new releases for things, should we should we talk a little bit about uh, Guild Ball, which apparently this podcast occasionally does think about? Ah, nah, it's fine. But, I also uh, I also I also played some played some BattleTech as well. Ooh, fun! So I played BattleTech in the nineties when I was at college, and then it's, the community now is really big and it's so popular you can't buy the game anymore. Not because it's out of print, but because when it's in print, it gets the print wouldn't get sold pretty fast. Whoa. It got redone a couple of years ago, and the models the models fly off the shelves like it's in in stock for like a minute, and then it goes. That's it's, cool. And um, I thought, okay, that's interesting, and I looked into it, and the rules basically the same. Um, no. So it's basically thirty year old rules pack. Uh, um, nice. I played it. I played some with, with John, and you know what? It's still cracking. It's so crunchy. It's so 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 crunchy. But you have like three or four models aside. Uh, 
and it's, it's got rules for everything. So it's got rules for fighting, obviously, because being mechs and everything else. But it's got rules like you can use a club. So if you're in a forest, you can tear a tree out of the ground and club in the mech with it. And oh. also, if you are on a, on a hex where a mech happened to lose an arm, <laughs> you can then use the arm as a club. It's like, yeah, why that's not? Amazing. <laughs> oh, that's, that's, it's, I do miss that sort of like level of, de- you know, you say about old like GW real sets, like that level of detail that some of those games used to have. Which obviously meant them made, made them like they were great like sort of beer and pretzel games and terrible tournament games, but they would feel so thematic. Yeah, Battle like, has some tournaments uh, they exist around, but generally speaking, they're kind of like scenario events. Yeah, yeah. Or event where the ref gives you like five different armies to choose from, and you pick the preset list because the game is so imbalanced, it doesn't even work anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. For example, there's like house rules to do to, to fight to fight with honor. You get like, honor rating for your for your fight and stuff. It's like because nice. obviously you, you you fought poorly. Cause you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Um, I did play a guild ball event. I played a guild ball event in uh, with the glory goals guys that they ran. It's only like ten people or something like that in the brief lockdown windows. Wasn't that cancelled? Was that the, 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 uh, not the, the big one? It was the little one before that. Okay, they cancelled. Yeah. Um, Who'd using it? Uh, Falconers. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it turn, turns out just like throwing harriers and stuff and then punching it to death is really good. So yeah, uh, when they changed, when they changed, how, they changed the Falconers, didn't they, a while back, like a long time ago now? Yeah, um, and then we and then came, we bought them Community Project buffed uh, buffed Icarus, so Icarus is yeah pretty good now. And now they can just machine gun you and they can score goals as well. Yeah, right? yeah. So it's a pretty pretty good combination. But it was also like that thing of um, it turns out if you've got a really good striker on a team and uh, people just let you get to the ball with them like they'll score loads of goals so well isn't it because the threat range like ridiculous as well isn't it like it's like it's pretty good yeah yeah it's pretty good uh i can't remember if it's like better than fathoms or anything like that but you just um but he has to run he can't he doesn't have a viable dodge or anything like that so yeah, if you yeah, stand yeah. the you know counter charge or just mark him down yeah, just yeah. knock him down or or make him like blind him then he loses like four inches of move as well as all his kicks so like there is there's definitely counterplay to it but obviously i think because it was relatively new people weren't quite up on that yet i sort of like so what you're saying is a member of the community committee who had the rules in advance then went on with those rules i'm pure eastern yeah total total pure eastern uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, early early sight of the rules Uh, (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. No, no they they were comfortably out by then and they were um they were publicly aware um, comfortably out doing lockdown uh yeah people have plenty of time to read them, <laughs> <laughs> plenty, <using> them. <laughs> plenty of time to read them <laughs> uh, should we mention gilball then seeing you mentioned them well um, should we talk about it because obviously the other thing that is coming out or is out by the time this podcast comes out is the lamp lighters the alpha right yeah so there was a beta t- so lamp lighters got released in september as like a i think it was september as like a beta test um where we community what's community feedback from everyone and people surprisingly obliged us with community feedback so how much feedback did how many people fed back to you uh i think it was about 40 odd all in all that's really good that's really good because i I always i always think any feedback is going to be quite a small proportion of the active player base yeah yeah and obviously it's like not like a massive like and that's a combination of some people just taking loads of time to go through the rules and be like this doesn't make any sense and then people who like actively played games with them and said stuff and and that's on top of like the playtest group as well so so it's pretty good yeah we had pretty good engagement on it and yeah so we've made some changes we made some changes to lamp lighters um <clears throat> so by being alpha does that mean um 
how how far ahead do you think it's gonna be till this is done? This is, is it. it. This is now the the tournament legal. Uh, this is the official version. So so in an ideal world, we will not change them again. The the, the only way they will be changed is in the errata process with every other team in the game. Because if you alter them, that shows weakness. Exactly. Yeah. To, to, yeah. yeah. You've got to show everyone who's boss with you about this. Exactly. And it's, you know, famously as a man without any failings, um, as my wife regularly tells me, I uh, you know couldn't possibly demonstrate any failings on behalf of the community project. No, no. I think I think we we've said in the I think we said in the blog that they're like immediately like top of the watch list. Um. So, but we ideally would not make any further changes to them. you know we're not making any changes outside of the the regular rata process for them so that's uh yeah this is it this is this is lamp lighters as they exist um so also um so you're also bringing back the lawyers guild as well yeah yeah so we've got um so that was really helpful because one of the issues we had unsurprisingly was that because we're not like professional rules writers um we some of the wording for the rules a lot of people said like you know can you clean these up? Some of these don't make any sense, and that is, and they were completely right. So we sort of reinstated. For those of people that didn't know, when Steamforge used to release stuff, they had like a lawyers guild that was a bunch of people who are basically like absolute, like you know, really good at writing rules, attention to detail. So we brought that group back, and all the rules have been through them. To, same people. Yeah, same people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's all of them. I think it's about four or five guys. Um, but they, though, yeah, they went through it with a sort of fine tooth comb, came back with really good recommendations. So like a massive thank you to all of them. There, you can find them all on the sort of Discord forum, ask them about it. And it was it was really helpful just to have people that have that that sort of part of their brain that they're just like, this isn't doing what you intended it to do, and you need to express it sort of differently. So they were they were really helpful. Um, I don't think it's worth doing a card reader or anything like that, but I think the big the big three things I think we had was that sort of rose consistency. Um, we found that um, Wick, the striker, was probably slightly too strong, which I think we expected. Um, so we've toned our playbook down a little bit, and we found uh, Beacon, who's the sort of main beater model, was was a bit under par, so we've, we've given him... And the feedback was the power level was generally a bit below the curve, right? Yeah, people sort of generally like sort of a bit below the curve. So we didn't want to push them too hard up because it's still a like limited sort of player sample that's had and, and the player base is small enough at the moment that like none of the really top guys have picked them up. So we didn't want them to be, you know, sort of buff them up really high and then find that actually, you know, someone, Steve Easton picks them up and just curb stomps everyone with them. So we've nudged them up a bit, but not like not massively. Yeah, uh, and we'll see how that plays out. We'll still keep an eye on them, but yeah, but we we have we have sort of buffed a uh, we've buffed Beacon because he was a bit bit underwhelming. So that basically just giving him a sort of conditional version of Mallet's extended reach rule, so he can sort of hoik people from three inches away when it says turn, as long as he's not on fire. And that also made him a bit more <laughs> in the on-off sort of theme. Yeah, not be, not being on fire does sort of enforce that on-off idea, doesn't it? That they wanted to have right. Yeah, exactly. So, and he he had that less than say, uh, sort of some of the other models, Heat, uh, Nightlight, uh, and Wick. So we've we've really pushed that on him a bit. So so we're sort of hopeful of how it will go. Like and we're, and like to be honest, we're just pleased that people sort of fed back and got engaged. And um and obviously we've still got the uh models are all still in development from the Kickstarter. So we're hoping to have all the Lamplighter models out. Um, like the, the sort of STL files released by March and we're sort of on schedule for that. I think we currently have uh, files for Beacon, Wick, 
phosphor, heat, and an alt model for Crucible. Um, I think you can probably get, I think they were in the Kickstarter update email, but you can find them probably on Facebook or Discord if not. Um, so we've got a few more to go, but like, yeah, so we should be on schedule for that. And then what will happen is the sculptor will do like a balance pass of all of them to make sure they're actually sort of consistent in terms of iconography and that sort of stuff. Yeah, also making sure, for example, they, um, if, if they've come pre supported, the supports actually work and stuff that, that, you know, in terms of that and stuff. Yeah, all of that sort of stuff is, uh, yeah, important because obviously it's all 3D printing as well. So it's like, how do they print out in different types of resin and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it can be, I find a real problem with printing right now that currently it's cold. <laughs> printers go printed to cold. Yeah, oh, really? It's, it's well, because the resin's basically a liquid and turns out when the liquid's cold it's not very good as a liquid anymore listen i'll just so you know andrew's actually sitting in his house in a vest saying this so either andrew is you know well you see the the printer's in the conservatory and i am not in the conservatory i'm in Uh, in different different rooms can be different temperatures yeah especially one made out of glass yeah (laughs) 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 if it's triple glazed you'll be fine Yeah, but I don't live in, live in Scotland, do I? Uh, no, I mean everything should be triple glazed. Everything should be triple glazed, Andrew. and modular as well. It sh- everything should be modular. Yeah, that's that's what. Why I've don't they doing. build all houses with solar panels on the, panels on the roofs? Why do they? Because do that? the government used to fund that, and then they stopped funding it. Because you know, um, also the other thing they used to fund was uh, energy efficient retrofit to make buildings cost less to heat but obviously that wasn't a problem because we had cheap heating until now we had a guy come to this house a bunch of years ago um wasn't to sell us solar panels and offers a loan for it and stuff talking about how they pay themselves back and all that and they give us give us the numbers about how much we say per year wrote this all down and i went okay well i want to check your figures first and look at look it up and stuff before i commit to like a 15 grand loan whatever it is and I went to get my phone out to take a photograph of his of his numbers, and he went, "You, ca- you can't do that." I said, "What?" So you can't take note of my numbers. He's like, "Why not?" So, well, he's, he's, he said, "I quote." He said, "These numbers are on with the paper printed on." That's <laughs> I said, well, Not gonna, not gonna, um, <laughs> not gonna take it panels then. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had a very similar having just moved into a rental house and the, the joy of returning to rental because you you know you do that. Uh, there's like the rental agency what did they do they forwarded our details you know they, they passed your details on to help you set up all your sort of you know wi-fi and things like that and i get this phone call from the guy being about your, your sort of deposit and the guy going have you thought about taking out tenancy insurance i was like well, what was that for and he says well it covers you in case there's any deductions from your deposit like your your te- right. rental deposit which goes into the tenancy deposit scheme um, it's totally illegal to take deductions from people's deposit for damages to property. Like that's what the tenancy deposit scheme literally exists to do. And like if the landlord ever does take it, you just dispute it and you get it back. So I had a long conversation with the guy about this being like false advertising. And uh, you know he went away happy that he'd phoned he'd phoned me up. And I bet he, I bet he did. I bet, I bet he's changed his career now. Yeah, 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 probably so bored. 
Like the like, you know, could this happen again? Like uh, like uh, I mean, it's, it's the world's the world's first wargaming guild ball and and um, and housing um, house building uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's true. I, I did a big launch at Westminster, Andrew. I went to I went to the House of Parliament, met some MPs, and you know shook some hands and things like that. Well, for the House of Parliament is also pretty poorly maintained in terms of, in terms of building regulations. It's, it's shoddy. It, sh- it turns yeah, out it that. turns out if you don't spend the money on repairing something for like a hundred for like fifty years and just hope the problem will go away, it gets way worse. But you do know the best thing about it don't you the patriotic refurbishment of the houses of the parliament you know they're redoing big ben right uh, the clock um, yeah, yeah. um for, for overseas listeners uh all all the components for the facade of that are german ah, that's it's just that's like, stuff like that's the stuff right there that's, yeah yeah it's like peak like uh peak like so brexit like yeah yeah it's just like yeah of course yeah you can't can't get the glass can't get the glass for that clock in the uk should make it make it digital yeah, should, I mean, that would be awesome. Like a Seiko kinetic watch. <laughs> and they should also make it waterproof just in case you want to get in the pool with it. Like, you know. Big Ben is, can, can, can take 100 metres underwater. Yeah, yeah, diving, yeah. diving watch. What's it in, um, it's in trading places when he's got a watch that's waterproof to three atmospheres. <laughs> <laughs> he tries to sell you in a pawn shop, doesn't he, to board it. The best Christmas Beautiful. film. The best Christmas film. I'll stand by this. I watch I watch I watch Home Alone with my daughter every every Christmas. And that's Aww. pretty good. Although only only about about twenty minutes of the film is actually the traps. Most of yeah. it, you think at first you think it's all, all about it's not the traps. The baseball part of the film. That's just the denouement. Yeah, it's basically just like him brutalizing two burglars. I mean, it's pretty grim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At one point, he throws paint pots at sorry, an iron at their head. Yeah, doesn't the guy get like his face actually like burnt out with an iron? Yeah, basically, like a doctor worked out that they died like four times in that scene. I that, can that imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, plus the tetanus from the nail through the foot and the like. Also, the red, the red someone worked out that to make a make a doorknob so hot it goes red hot. To actually glow red hot, it'd be having so hot it would set fire to his hand, <laughs> like ignite his hand. And I'm sure, it, isn't it, it like die of shock? I think someone did do like an like one of the, you know one of those sort of YouTube channels did like a. You know where they go, like a visual effects company did like a post-production version where they then like did Home Alone, like with actual sort of blood and gore in it. So I'm sure you can. I mean, he's lucky it was Joe Pesci from that film rather than Joe Pesci from Casino. Yeah, it's it's lovable Joe Pesci. <laughs> it's, it's like yeah, it's rather like... than Joe Pesci from any other film. <laughs> Wait, oh, my cousin Vinny, he's lovable in my cousin Vinny as well. Like, okay, that's two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and then there's other Joe Pesci. Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> good like, fellas, Joe Pesci. Head and advice, Joe Pesci. Oh, I'd forgotten about that scene. Oh, that's horrible. That's not casino, isn't it? I think it's someone heading advice, isn't it? I'm going to leave you to monologue about casino while I go and get another beer. Uh, that. That's what yeah. I've been watching for years. Okay, well, that's... that's um. Mike has put, put commercial in. Talk about things. A bit awkward. How are you, anyway? You all right? Good. Yeah, I mean, normally, like, roll better with like, order kebab at this point or or something, but I've already eaten. I can't do that. You enjoy Guild Ball still? You liking it? Good, good, good. Play some Kings of War. It's a really good game. Very good. <sighs> it's taking a long time to get the bear, isn't he? Long time. Yes, I'm talking to myself right now. 
because Steve's going to get a B, you see. So I'm not talking to myself because I'm just no one. Oh, okay, oh, oh, he's back. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's sort of cheering when he comes up, turns up. I'm curious about what your monologuing was about. It was it was the most torturous two minutes of my life. Oh, really? Bear in mind, it, it is literally my career to talk to a room for people who, who don't say anything back to me. <laughs> that was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You should that be all over the like, ever had. It yeah, was, yeah. It it was just, much like, harder than it is normally, it turns out. I mean, so, so what you're saying is even just lying with your face down on a desk is more like feedback than just talking into an empty uh, webcam. Yeah, pretty. I don't, I, I don't teach whilst having my head on a desk, do I? No, but don't you show that, that was a classic thing. Is the, you know the the schoolboys did in my day. Oh, even today, today I had, I had an exam for a class, uh, covering for a teacher, and a kid literally fell asleep. He was sitting bolt bolt upright with his arms folded. In a store, on, on, on an app store, head forward, snoring. It's like, I, good effort. I mean, you know what? I'm not even angry. I'm kind of impressed he could do it without falling off his chair. It's like, fair yeah, play. He's yeah. <laughs> done his test. He's like, all right, well, you know, I couldn't do it. Um, that is impressive. So, so this so year, then, what are you going to do with your gaming stuff? Now, because now, I think you, yeah, last year you kind of, um, like, with your with your change of jobs and your, your, um, your house stuff, like, you've had, it seems to me, quite a quite a short small amount of specified right quite... yeah, the last four months i've basically yeah, not pretty much really just... done much yeah i played a couple of infinity games with uh you know uh, with noises connor rooney um well, the, the fortunate thing is living in bristol you can still play him he can still tell you what he's doing with his moves yeah i can hear him now <laughs> <laughs> um he, he's got engaged uh which is uh is he really good on him well done connor yeah, yeah, yeah I'm but well done yeah. connor yeah, no, he won't. He won't listen to this. Um, what am I going to do this year? So, so this year, I think. Um, so, I, I would. I've got a bunch more Infinity stuff I do need to paint. So, I want to finish painting my hack stuff for Infinity, and I want to paint and assemble my steel phalanx. Um, have you seen this thing? The, the oval list. Have you seen this thing that goes that? around? No. So it's, uh, it's a guy called Andy Oval who has a podcast actually, but I can't remember what it's called. But he's he's in he's one of the sort of senior figures in the um, Hackney uh, Hackney uh, Games Club. I'm just trying to find what this. And he basically every year he put he puts out like a sort of uh, you know like those um, sort of meme things you get that have like sort of six or seven sort of different like icons in it and it's like a gridded thing yeah, so yeah it's yeah. like one of those that basically is um uh, that's it hobby support group is his podcast um you should listen to it um but he puts out one of those each year with like a you know sort of a representation of what he's gonna do that you know that year so it would be like uh paint space nuns would be one of them for like sisters of battle and he has a list of stuff in there so so i think mine for this year is yeah it's sort of uh basically paint greeks in space for infinity finish painting uh dune models for infinity i still do have maybe even assemble some boats and paint them i definitely want to play some armada it's really um, good it's really yeah good. i really want to play some armada and obviously it's also when... pretty cheap like yeah you don't need many models to play it either hmm and I love ship-based games, so you know, as a Ma- I used to love Mana War when I was young. Um, so I'm I'm well up for playing some some Mantic War. And then, in terms of sort of painting stuff, I would uh, obviously lamp lighters when they come out. I'm gonna you know get some 3D prints of them, 
paint those. I'm sure they'll figure out for that. I'm sure I'll sort you out. Someone will sort me out for that. Someone with the 3D printer that I know is not a million miles away from where you are now. Um, so that's the sort of hobby hobby side of things. And then in terms of games, I think um, I would like to try. And pl- I would like to play an Infinity event. I would love to play uh, a couple of you know a Guild Ball event or two. Uh, that seems that would be fun. I do, like Guild Ball is just such a fun tournament game still. Uh, and I'm obviously, and because Bristol has quite a big epic scene, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to end up playing some epic because I know quite a lot of the guys there. So that's my sort of plans for the year. Basically, I'm not got my, I've not really got my eye on any particular new games other than Manticore War, which I own but haven't played yet. But what about you? What's what's the hobby plans for the year? Um, I want to finish off my Northern Lions army. I've got a huge amount of Northern Lions that I got, um, like a lot of it, and I painted probably two or three units. But I painted them in November, and then in December, I just didn't paint anything at all. I basically played play computer games. And yeah, didn't after, I did else. nothing. I did no hobbying between about um, probably similarly that I started a job. So since September last week. I, I, I just got bored of being in a in a cold conservatory and I played a lot of lot of PC games basically. So I did that. Yeah, uh, I played quite a lot of Total War. Like I played a lot of Total War. I also played, I also played Cyberpunk, which is pretty good now. It's been, now it's been patched and stuff. Okay. The story's pretty good. 70 hours of that. Enjoyed a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I played a lot of other few other, few other games here and there. Basically, Steam sales just always killed me. I was playing yeah, Steam yeah, sales. Yeah, yeah. Total War's good, isn't it? Yeah, it's really good. To- you, you bought Total War three? I haven't bought it yet. I'm, obviously, I'm going to buy it before the, before the release date because it looks amazing. Right? Um, I mean, it looks brilliant. Um, to play yeah, that. They have Kislev. Like that's all. I don't care about like that's like the shut up and take my money moment. Is having like a proper. Kislev they look really on. good. Yeah, like they all look pretty cool. Like when they bring out Chaos Dwarfs, that's going to be good, right? Yeah, that's I mean, good. basically, I'm, I'm in it for like. I don't care about demons at all. I'm not really interested in demons. Oh, I, I, I want to fight them. It's kind of cool fighting them, right? But I'm not too bothered yeah, about yeah. it. But uh, like, also cafe, but like brand new. No one's yeah, have it. Yeah, cafe, Kislev, chaos, dwarves, ogres. Like that is like all absolute cash money. Like if even one of those factions is good, and there will be, I'm sure. And also, yeah, um, they often patch things and change things as they go. Even recently, they changed how cavalry works, for example. Yeah, yeah, that was anyway. good as well. Yeah. Um, so I'll get my my um. My um, um, Northern Lines done for Kings of War. Um, I painted up some um, of the Trident Realms for um, for D and D, um, oh, and okay. I tried blending um, together cottage paints, sweat blending. So I had this um, this fish model, and I painted the fins yellow, and before the yellow was dry, splattered orange on two thirds of the fin, mm. and then red on a third of the fin, and then use a clean brush to blend it together, so from yellow to red. It looks pretty good. Nice. And then I did, like, the head of the monster was, was green, and the body was blue, and I again spattered it on, and then wet-blended it together with contrast paints. It looks pretty sweet, actually. That's so, nice. like, um, I've not wet-blended with contrast paints. I've, I've, the only sort of non-contrast painty thing I've done with them is, you know, is base coat and then contrast over the a base The problem is you, you can't do more than one colour at once because they'll run together. Um, because they sort of drip down the model. You get careful where you place them, otherwise they'll mush together too much. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks, it looks, um, for the fact it took me 10 minutes, it looks pretty tasty. So what I did then, um, um, I've got my, I've got some Caledonians to paint for, um, for Infinity. I basically went for Spate um, last year of buying all the, fact, all the factions that are out of print. So I've got Caledonians to paint for Infinity and also got the, um, um, uh, Neo Terra, um, okay. uh, uh, Catalan army, it's the NCA for 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 Pano. I've got Steel Phalanx, so I'm joining you in like yeah, <laughs> I play, start a I new play, game. 
Yeah, I played them once. The 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 uh, the um, the um, the Neo Terrans for for Pano for for Infinity, and they feel like cheating because they haven't got any any weird skills. They have high BS, and they've got mimetism, and they've got MSV three. Yeah, it's like woohoo, that's, that's kill things. That's Pano all around, though, right? It was quite like... fun just shooting things. It's like about forty k, but good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, how much? How do you like your vanilla? Do you want it with more vanilla on top of it? Yeah, in which case, like... yeah. I want to paint up my Armada boat. I played Armada a few times with Martin. Great game, but I want to actually paint it. Again, they'll cost paint really well, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially because the brown contrasts are really good anyway. They so are really good. Wood so con- gonna... Like wood is like so good with contrast. Exactly. Base. So I'm going to contrast paint the, the boat holes and I'll probably wet blend the sails. Um, probably do that maybe maybe two, maybe a weekend, to be honest. Um, so there's that. I, I'm i quite keen on painting the, the Lambrighters. I haven't painted a guild for ages my butchers are half painted for, for about two years but um, i want to give them a paint um because you know i mean one thing they got me to guild ball with the models in the first place yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I notoriously haven't played guild ball for a very long time indeed despite having a podcast about it well a podcast i'm barely in but a podcast about it <laughs> podcast um, nominally about it <laughs> normally about it um maybe may about obscure poetry at this point isn't it um and um martin keeps on trying to get, get keeps on trying to get me into playing um uh, marvel Oh yeah, MCP. Now, yeah, like, yeah. like it does seem like everyone who played, like, I saw a, a, a picture of some people playing uh, to MCP tournament in, I think it was in um, Elven Games, and half the people there were Guild players. Looks fit to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, like all the, you know, all the American like guys that did that. So, you know, all the Chicago guys, they're all playing it, aren't they? Yeah, well, exactly. So. Yeah. So it seems my, my issue with MCP is, so I think it. I haven't read the rule set, but you know, by all accounts, very good, very sort of fun rule set. I I'm not a big fan of tie-in games. Like I feel like because they feel even more paint by numbers than regular games feel. Like how do you paint Spider-Man if you don't paint him like Spider-Man? Like that sort of thing. So the I mean, thing is, looking at any cool comic though, there are a lot of different color schemes for. for yeah, I'm also just not a big fan of. I guess I'm not that big fan, big a fan of Marvel. Like that's not like a. No, big that's that's fair play. I mean, to be honest, I'm not a massive fan of of, of football. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think ultimately, I think for me, mechanics often and playability yeah, yeah, yeah. beat me a little bit. Um, the thing that gets me into it, gets me away from it a little bit, is the price. It is, yeah, it's expensive. It is I expensive. guess that's the thing for for me. I think it's um the generally with games, I like them when they are their own discrete world, and like a licensed property game is like I know a licensed property, like loads of people love licensed properties. There's a reason they're really popular. Like I'm, I'm sort of. Like a licensed property makes me less likely to pick up a game than yeah, more likely. Point. Like I'd, yeah, I'd rather I mean, have it be its own thing. And it, it can be a problem in terms of the license being pulled away and everything else, right? Um, although things happen, this happened here. Um, then again, I think if I get into it, it should probably be my main game, and because the price of it, and I don't think it yeah, will yeah. be because I've got other things on to play. Um, so I probably went. I tried. I tried a bit of Bushido, and it didn't really gel. I think it was interesting, although the combat seemed very swingy. Although then again, so is Marvel. Uh, also, a few people say Bushido's like um, actually the aforementioned uh, Canadian megaphone um, said that <laughs> um, Bushido's like like a version away from being a really good game. Yeah, like, um, like really like the core mechanics good. There's loads of good stuff about it, but actually it needs like another like a you know a sort of whatever version it's in like a 5.0 or <coughs> it didn't seem elegant enough to me in terms of the um in terms of the number of rules you have the rules seemed overly complicated in terms of the m- powers that are not on cards also the combat 
it seemed interesting, but it seemed like because the way it works with combat, of course, is you pick up all dice and you choose in, in secret whether they can be attack or defense dice. Yeah, yeah. It seemed to us that again, we didn't play it many times. So maybe it's just the, the idea that it's easy to, to break the game early on to know how it works. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, we found that like offense was more powerful than defense and stuff. And basically, why would you put dice into parrying if you're going to hit first? You just kill them. So one of the best dice mechanics that was ever in a game isn't a real dice mechanic. Oh. So it was. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's a dice mechanic. Um, it was it, like so a game that like so randomly there's a game called like Warlord that's like an old like really old like so 1960s like board game. It's a bit like Risk, like a more detailed version of Risk All right. that like a professor at Sheffield Uni made. And I think in the end it got bought out by GW. They bought the game. It didn't, you know, it was never huge. But the dice mechanic was really good. So so you attack. You basically have like just little tokens, almost you think tiddlywinks or Lego bricks or something like that, and they're your armies. And when you attack like a neighbouring area, so you'd be fighting in say Europe, you would like however many you know you'd have like ten counters on the on your your country. And when you attack, you basically just in secret just like turn a dice in a little box to be one to six, and your opponent has to guess what the number is. And whatever the number is, is how many tokens you can then move onto the next square or however many tokens you lose if your opponent successfully guesses it. Huh. That's not too far away from how Game of Thrones, the board game, works and how Dune works as well. Mm. Yeah, it could be, could be like the origin of that as a mechanic. Like, Because it's a really nice mechanic because obviously it's not random. Um, you can randomize it, but like you know, but you're always making that calculation of how far do I want to go with this assault. So do, uh, the Dune board game, uh, you have basically a, a stack of troops, just like counters, right? It's a board game, and say you've got five troops on your stack, and they've got ten on their st- say you've got five and five, right? But if you have a dial, yeah, and you you in secret you put on the dial the number of troops you want to be in the fight, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a leader as well, with a number one as well. And basically, both of you reveal that number, and the highest number wins. But the number you selected is the number of your side that do the die. Okay, yeah, so yeah. If, yeah, if yeah. you pick four, and they pick three, you still lose four people, and they lose three. So they lose all, they lose all of theirs. So they lose all of theirs. But right, you still right, lose right. four. Okay. So you got one. You got one left. So it's kind of like a game of chicken in some ways. Uh, yeah, other mechanics built in in terms of, for example, you can buff it with certain things. But basically, it's like, well, you're going to commit that, make it work. Nice. Um, that's so a that, mechanic. That, yeah, it's kind of cool. So, um, yeah, yeah. that rings, rings a bell. Doom was, Doom was, the board game was originally made, I think it was in the 70s or 80s, the first board game version was. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's quite a similar era, yeah, I think. I think yeah, which probably yeah, like, was some idea, really. Yeah, it must have been kicking around, wasn't it? Um, what do you think of the film? Have you seen the film? I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. I've mean, seen, I'm seen, I'm seen many films because of you know kids and COVID and stuff. I've seen Spider Man, which I saw without spoilers. I'm really pleased about. Mm. I've not seen that. Like, uh, yeah. um, oh, it's pretty good. The June film, pretty good. Like, a bit, I, I always forget. Like, very serious. Not a lot of gags. Mm, not really a funny film, is it? Like, a funny yeah, yeah. plot, really, is it? No, no, no. And you know, and and definitely. Not a lot of women either. <laughs> like, my favorite, my favorite Dune thing was someone on some 40k, 40k Facebook group saying that Dune had ripped off 40k. Just thought it was glorious. Oh, that's amazing. Like, I've got some news for you, mate. <laughs> 2000 AD also ripped off 40k really badly. 
Yeah. Wait, wait till this guy sees the Lord of the Rings films. <laughs> He's going to be so angry about what they've done to um, uh, Age of Sigmar. <laughs> it's brilliant. Absolutely uh, brilliant. I think. I think on that note, that's probably a podcast, isn't it? Well, I think it is. So um, we'll probably talk to you again before um, the audience is not not used to you because I told me you in this, this sort of tone. Um, probably before you know. The last, the, the gaps can be shorter, I think. I think. We'll yeah, we'd hope so. There's, there's, a, there's, um, there's like a community go ball event coming up, um, which we'll hopefully do something on because there's a, you know, I choose the next minor guild community event. There's, uh, there's sort of soft launch at the moment. We're going to hard launch in the next. So what are the chances of you being able to paint some boats and play some boats in the next month? I think chance of me painting boats is reasonably high. Chances of me playing boats would involve finding people in Bristol to play boats with. Um, uh, I wonder if you played both on TTS. It wouldn't be the same, would it? Uh, As I said, playing playing is not so good, is it? Uh, not is yet. It? No, no. Not a thing, is it? Hmm. Should play some boats soon, or maybe Kings of War. Yeah. What we do with Kings of War? Some of my friends who are getting into the game, but haven't bought the models yeah, yet. Paper. Well, yeah, because it's basically it's just moving trade. They just had literally the rectangles. With yeah, on. yeah, yeah. Well, if they make it easier, they put the rectangles and put the stats of the unit on the rectangle. That's pretty good. Well, we'll come down. Come down. I, I've capacity in my my new household, so my new cold house. You're selling it to me. Yeah, it's, I mean it's cold by my standards. Like a you know. It's cold by your standards. You're from Scotland. I know, but I've been living in London for 15 years, and I moved away <laughs> from Scotland because it was cold. Like, <laughs> that's it. You see, you've kind of like gone native. If you go back to Scotland, I've gone like... so soft. Like it's pathetic. Like I, I basically can't move back to Glasgow. Like they just won't have me now. <laughs> Do you find yourself getting more Scottish if you a bit, a bit longer? Do you find yourself going back into, into the culture? Or are you so foreign now, basically, just like without, without a home? I'm, I'm basically stateless. Like that's yeah, state, uh, state, I'm, stateless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sort of, uh, what's it, I've renounced my ethnicity. I've renounced, you know, like it's, uh, I can't go back. Nicola won't let me in at the border. But then I'm not, <laughs> from, right. you know, but then I'm not from here either, really. So it's all very confusing. It's, it's the modern condition. Yeah. yeah. Roaming around, just, just will, will, will game for food. Yeah, like um, what's his name? Um, this feels like an appropriate note to end on. So, the leading actor of Shakespeare's troupe, whose name I cannot remember, which is really <laughs> bad. Anyway, so so imagine if you will the you know the who's the most famous actor in the world? I don't know the Will Smith of his day. I know Will Smith isn't the world's most famous actor these days, but but the world's best the Rock actor probably is right now. The probably Rock. The Rock, right? Yeah, basically The Rock. Yeah, The Rock um, of of the Shakespearean day. Um, so he was the person that like Falstaff was written for in Shakespeare plays. He um, gave up acting, you know, left the acting profession, left the Shakespeare, like left Shakespeare's players. Um, to be to go back to his true medium, the true artistic medium, which was to Morris dance to Norwich. That was what he does. He left it like, like screw you, Hamlet. Don't want to be Hamlet. I'm gonna Morris dance to Norfolk. When he got there, what did he do? I, I, I didn't get that far. I was too busy laughing when uh, I was reading about it. <laughs> is, is, is he still going there now? Yeah, he's still going. He's still, <laughs> still going. going. Yeah, yeah, he's still with, with rings on his fingers and bells on his toes. He shows have music wherever he goes. <laughs> okay, I think we'll all say goodbye. Mm. Bye. Goodbye.